This is a Visual Audio Times production. Hello and welcome to Imole, your go-to mental health, wellness and spirituality podcast. I am your host, Palumi. Thank you for hitting play on this episode. Please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast so you don't miss out on new episodes. Also, follow Imole on Instagram and Twitter at Imole the Pod. Before we start today's episode, I'd like for us to calm our nerves with a short meditation exercise. Follow the sound of my voice. Breathe in slowly. Breathe out slowly. talking about people pleasing and how to set healthy boundaries in our relationships my good friend amanda ihema is joining us to talk about this amanda is an Igbo nigerian who works as a psychotherapist and an architecture photographer in lagos she wants her private practice called indidi which means patience while she currently works with private clients suffering from depression anxiety trauma and existential crises she organizes private and public lectures and provides psychotherapy sessions for staff of corporate firms. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Hi, Bellamy. Welcome. Thank you for, I'm saying welcome to your own podcast. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's practically you a for podcast now, me. so yeah. Thank you for having me. It's always me. a pleasure you having you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure oh, I'm being okay. here. You know, I'm just a young African millennial just... Trying to find her way. It's the chronicles. It just never ends, does it? <laughs> yeah. So most of us know what people-pleasing is, and we are also aware of the importance of having healthy boundaries. But for some reason, we have to deal with people crossing our boundaries daily. So first of all, Amanda, in your own terms, define people-pleasing or tell us who a people-pleaser is. So in, in my own words, a person who is a people pleaser or even the art of people pleasing is it's a situation where you put other people's needs above your own. So if instead of taking care of yourself, instead of looking out for yourself, instead of setting your boundaries, like you said, you, what you are more concerned with is how are people feeling? How are they going to react to this? What are they going to think about me? When I, if I don't do this, are they going to approve of me? Are they going to like me? Are they going to still be my friend? Are they going to accept me? So a person who is a people pleaser is a person who constantly puts other people's emotions, other people's needs, other people's desires above theirs. And they're very attuned. They're usually nice people and very helpful and kind. That's naturally, that's how they are, like just very considerate people. But the problem is with the setting the boundaries and to knowing the degrees to which they should invest themselves in setting relationships. So people pleasing or a people pleaser is a person or even the art of putting other people above yourself to the point where it is detrimental to your own well-being. 
And then now becomes a thing where you are either abandoning yourself or neglecting yourself and your own needs just so you can make other people happy. We all people please from time to time, right? Sometimes you just have to do what your parents want you to do or what your friends want you to do just to make them happy so you can have peace. But why is it that some people are more likely to be people pleasers? Like, you know, those people who will do anything just to make other people or somebody else happy, even at the expense of their own happiness and peace of mind. Um, I feel like with some people, the first thing is usually like past experiences that they've had from childhood or even growing up where they had experienced abuse. And one of the ways that they learned how to cope with during that period of abuse, whether it was um, emotional or psychological or physical, was to do what the other person asked without any questions. So it's like as a way of coping and, and navigating through life to make oneself feel safe, what you do is that you people please. You, you forget about your own needs, you forget about your own pain, you forget about your own discomfort, you forget about your own unhappiness and make another person's feelings a priority. So instead of thinking about yourself, you're, you're thinking about how the other person feels. It's like walking around eggshells when you're growing up around your parents all the time because you're so scared of like causing anything to happen and being so attuned to their feelings like ah i need to know when he's angry or when he's strong or when he's or when she's like this or when she's like that or when they're like just so that you can be able to like take care of yourself so that harm doesn't come to you when you end up when you grow up as an adult that then becomes like a part of your behavior your survival which is like i'm when i go outside i'm going to like just try to make sure that everywhere is peaceful and everybody gets what they want so that i can maintain the peace so there is a bit about um past experiences that people have had that contributes to that traumatic experiences then there are also people who have low self-esteem which could be as a result of either past trauma or anything else that could have happened, just not really having that experience of having a strong self-confidence or having that built into them because of like a parenting style, whatever reason they have a low self-esteem. And because they don't, when you have a healthy self-esteem or a healthy sense of self-worth, you know what is good for you and you treat yourself like your importance because you're important to yourself. You know that you're worthy of certain things, of certain experiences because of who you are as a person. So when you don't value yourself, when you don't value your desires, when you don't value your needs, when you don't look out for yourself, you have a low self-esteem and it's so easy for people to take advantage of you because in that in that space, it's really like a transactional relationship. I will give you attention and affection if you give me everything I, I want or anything I ask for. So people who have low self-esteem can find themselves in people-pleasing um, situations or becoming people-pleasers because essentially what they're doing is because they don't feel good about themselves, they attach the, their self-worth to other people to so that other people can make them feel good about themselves. And that would mean that they're actually doing things they don't want to do for approval and for acceptance. Um, and there's also the part of people who are perfectionists, people who just want, they want to, to be like, you know, just like, so they want to be perfect. They want, they want to be the idea of, and the identity of perfection. They're great at everything. They can never do no wrong, nothing at all. So they want to be, they want people to see them as you're a good person. You're a, this type of person. You're a, that type, like just in a very positive light. And so because of that, 
they will do things that they don't want to do just so that people can perceive them a certain way or like, you know, they can portray a certain character. Oh, I'm the good guy or the good girl or the good person or I'm the great person. I'm the very helpful one. Even though it might be backed with good intentions, it's really just to satisfy this need to want to be viewed as a, a certain way with people around you. So what you do is you start to do what they ask of you. You, you please them to make them like you. Um, and then there are just some people who just have very poor boundaries. Maybe in a part of their life, they didn't understand. They never really got like proper teaching from their primary caregivers about what healthy boundaries are. So the concept of even boundaries does not even exist to them. And these types of people could be people who are just genuinely good, kind, considerate people. They want to help people. They want to give but it's like maybe the environment they were raised in, the people around them had boundaries. So there was never really like a need for them to enforce boundaries. So they go out into the world and they're just being their good old jolly self. But then what they find is that, you know, people are taking advantage of them and they find themselves saying yes. And that yes is now, is, it doesn't feel as good as it used to be before. So in that space is people just have poor boundaries. And because of that, they engage in people pleasing behaviors where it, that whatever the, benefit is from pleasing that person brings to them they're benefiting from it but at the cost of you know their own joy and their own peace so there are so many different things that that cause people to be people pleasers but those are like some broad um ideas Mm, that's true i mean like i'm sure a lot of people can resonate with the wanting to be good wanting to be perfect because that's especially a lot of women because that's really how we are raised in this society and Besides that, there's also the aspect of us being more of a religious society. So there's this thing of, oh, do this because it's what God will want you to do or it's how you are seen as a good Christian or Muslim. So um, that part that comes to be pleasing is very, very, I think that's a very, very important point that you made. But how can one overcome the urge to people please, even when they are coming from a good place? Like sometimes some people feel like people pleasing comes compulsively to them and they will never admit to it but just want to make people happy or maybe it is that they have a low self-esteem so how can one get into a position whereby they are you know able to set healthy boundaries yeah um i i think if you if you want to stop being a people pleaser i think the first thing to do is to recognize that you're one um because if you don't know that that's a, a habit that you have you're not going to be able to fix it. You're just going to keep thinking that you're okay and keep repeating the same patterns and the same behavior over and over and over again. So the first thing to do is to just, you know, sit with yourself and then ask yourself, like, do I constantly put other people's needs above mine? Do I constantly put my own needs aside just so I can make other people happy? Is that a behavior that I find myself repeating and I find myself either resentful of certain people because I give, but they don't give back? Like, am I in, do I find myself in relationships where it just doesn't seem very reciprocated because I'm putting in more energy than I should be? If, if those are real, why am I investing myself in those places? Is it because I'm looking for validation? Because I want people to like me? So that introspection 
and self-examination, that self-reflection is absolutely necessary. Before you start doing certain things, you need to understand first, where, where are you coming from? Like, where are you coming from? Why does this even exist in the first place? So once you recognize and you have that ability to, you know, or you give yourself that space to be able to say, okay, yes, I have been in the past engaging in people-pleasing behavior, the, the next thing I'd encourage you to do is to look at your present day life and to see how it manifests. Like, what does it look like? So when you're sitting down on your bed and your friend calls you on the phone and they are like, oh, do you want to come outside and hang out? how do you just watch yourself respond? You can either decide, okay, I'm going to respond differently as a way of stopping the people-pleasing behavior by either saying, okay, I'm not available if if you know it doesn't work for you. Or you can like, you know, still engage in that behavior, but then recognize like, okay, this is one of those situations where I'd much rather, I need to be honest with myself. And then next time, you know, you actually be honest with yourself and the other person. Um, yeah, so you can be like an afterthought, after reflection thing. But the thing is, you need to be, to be able to identify this behavior in real time in your lives. Like as it is happening, you need to be conscious of it because those are the moments where you need to set the boundaries. You can't talk about I, I want to set boundaries, but you don't know like where you're going to set them. So being conscious of the, the people-pleasing behavior and its manifestation in your daily life can help you know where exactly you need those boundaries are and what types of boundaries that you need. And the thing about setting boundaries, whenever you're setting boundaries, they need to be clear and you need to communicate the boundaries. So if a person is asking for something that you can't offer, just tell them like, no, I am not able to do so, 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 and so. If you still have the energy to do more, you can always tell them that, but I can offer you so, 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 and so. So when you're setting your boundaries, it's always very good to be clear, to be specific, and to communicate what those limits are. And I always tell people, and I learned this from Iyanla, that when people break your boundaries, there needs to be consequences. You can't just, like, spoil a person's boundaries and nothing will happen after that. Like someone will cross your boundaries or disrespect your boundaries and you just say, oh, don't worry, it's okay. No, no, it's not okay. And they need to know that it's not okay. So the consequence could be sitting down and having that difficult conversation about it, like, no. And it could also be telling the person, I'm sorry, but I don't think I want to continue a relationship with you. So it's on both sides, extremes, but they are very, they are gray areas in that. So you find what works for you. But don't just say, I'm, I'm, I have boundaries. And when people cross it, you just go fuming about, oh, my boundaries have been crossed. You're fuming about it, but then you don't say anything about it. So communicate those boundaries to the people in your life, like what you're able to handle. No, I can't do this. Yes, I can do this. And that also comes with being honest with yourself about what it is you are capable of doing. So don't be dishonest with yourself and then expect other people to treat you as if you were communicating your most honest self and, and setting your boundaries so be honest with yourself about what you can handle and communicate that and when you're having to change your behavioral pattern as you're trying to you know establish these boundaries be, be, be patient with yourself and give yourself a bit of grace you know and compassion don't be too hard on yourself don't beat yourself down for times when you don't get it right 
it's, it's you can reprimand yourself by you know saying like yo you didn't get this right this time but make the effort next time to to try to take a step forward in the little things so just start small like you can't you're not just gonna go buzz boost and you're just like out here just saying no to everything that you don't like no it's, it doesn't work that way it starts with like the small little thing so just start small start small start small can i call you right now no do you want to go out no do you have mm. money for it? no just very little ways yeah and you build the energy so yeah those are my t- those are my tips okay so can you please share how you've been able to overcome this because i know with people pleasing guilt tripping is something people tend to do and a lot of people who are codependent who probably have low self-esteem and grew up with narcissists tend to end up in relationships with narcissists so you can have narcissistic friends like i remember when i was in school and i won't necessarily say that this friend was a full-blown narcissist but i just feel like she had some narcissistic traits because i would notice that when i didn't want to do something that she wanted to do and it could be something as simple as um going out like it's not like she was expecting me to buy her something or give her money or anything it was just that oh you don't want to go out with me or you don't want to do this with me, you don't want to hang out, you don't want to do this, then I'm, I wish you were more fun, I wish you were more like this. And I would often feel guilty or feel like I was inadequate or I just wasn't, how would I say, I wasn't fun enough or I wasn't good enough for her or something because she would complain about it. And I'll find myself bending to her will or just trying to, and this was when I was in school, so obviously that stage in life, like I think I was probably like 20, so peer pressure as, as well gets to you a lot more when you're younger. Now I'll probably be like, hell no, I don't care what you think. But when I was younger, I was a lot more susceptible to that. So, yeah, so it's like, how have you been able to overcome this in your own life? Because, like you said, I also had to sit with myself. Um, okay, so how was I able to overcome this in my own life? I think that... Yeah. It's... It started with, like, very little things. I think that, for me, it started with just, like... Okay, so I remember how it started. I had done a personality test, and it was one of these personality tests where they ask you like a shit ton of questions, and then at the end they tell you if you're like an EFNG or a AGFN or something like that. So oh, I, I got know that personality test. Yeah. It's quite that's, common. That's, yeah, very common, very popular. Quite a number of people know it. So that's how so, I did the test. So you know, I gave me my own result. And I wrote something. Um, it was either you were assertive or I don't know if it was a timid or reclusive, but it was something that was the opposite of assertive. And it was like a negative score for me because in the way he described it, it's like I'm not usually the type of person to stand up for myself and speak up for what I need. So like one of the recommendations was like, learn to be more assertive. So I took that on as a challenge and I was like, okay, how do I learn? Like I Googled it. I was like, how do I learn to be more assertive? Like what do I need to do? And WikiHow, God bless WikiHow. WikiHow really helped. So I read the tips and then I started practicing it. So when people would say things like, oh, do this, I'd say, no, I don't want to. Even when people disagreed with me and some of the choices I made at home, in my friendships, I just go with like, it's okay if you don't, I don't need you to agree with me, but I'm like, that also does not mean that I have to follow what it is that you're saying. So it's, it's like having that same, uh, okay, hell no attitude. So if I, like, if I had a friend like your friend that was saying to me like, well, you never go out, they try to use guilt to get to me. 
I'd say to them, like, I'm sorry, but this is just the person that I am. And the person I give credit to for being able to to have that stand is a friend of mine called Yinka. You can't guilt Yinka into doing what Yinka doesn't want to do. If you tried it, Yinka would like, she would tell you, like, don't try to use guilt. It wouldn't work on me. If she doesn't want to share something, she's like, I'm sorry. I'm not sharing it with you. And that's a period. No matter how much you beg, cry, whatever you want to do, Yinka's like, my no is no. Like I said, no, like I'm not, I'm not doing it. So that firmness in your own boundary is very important. And the kinds of people you surround yourself by also helped. I was surrounded by people who also knew how to assert their boundaries and people who respected my boundaries when I asserted them. That was very important. So the fact that I had people around me that were respectful of my boundaries, it made me feel much more confident to like communicate it more. And when they communicated their boundaries, I also made the choice to respect it. So it just it just became like an all-round ping-pong of respectful behavior. But it starts with the small things, you know? If you go to a restaurant and they don't give you the dish you asked for, Ask for the dish you want, you know? If, if, you, if you go to a space and, like, what they give you is not something you're happy with or what someone says to you is something you don't like, speak up about it. The more you learn how to be assertive, the easier it will become for you to set your boundaries. And if a person is trying to use guilt to manipulate you to do something that you don't want to do, don't be afraid to call it out. Because I tell people this thing about guilt, and I say that if you're watching a horror film you have the tendency to feel very, very, very afraid. But in reality, the demon that's in the movie is not in your real life. It's not happening right now. So you have no reason on a logical scale like that. If, if you look at your immediate environment, there is nothing going on that should make you feel that afraid to stay in your space after the movie has ended. It's simply in your head. And the reason why it's there is because you just watched something that made you think that thing. The same thing happens with guilt. You can actually be made to feel guilty for things, even though you're not guilty for anything. There'll be, there'll be nothing around you that you have done that's made you feel guilty. But someone can say something with a certain tone, using certain words that can trigger that feeling of guilt. So just because the feeling exists does not mean that it is real. So just because someone is making you feel guilty does not mean that you have something to be guilty for or even off. It could just be a play on your emotions to try to get you to do something you want, to make you feel a sense of responsibility towards them. So, yeah, if someone tries to use guilt, call them out and let them know. Don't use that on me. It won't work. If I say no, my no is no, my yes is yes. Yeah. God, that yeah. Was long. That's very good. <laughs> no, it wasn't long. Like, it's good. No, because it's like, I was. I read this um, quote by Oprah a long time ago, and she was like, no is a complete sentence. And I was just yep. like, how can no be a complete sentence? And the truth of the matter is, a lot of us have been guilt-tripped from when we were like very, very young. Your yep. mom telling you, oh, you won't do this. Even little subtle things, guilt tripping could be, oh, my mates have grandkids and you are not married and you're not this. And I was just discussing with um, a member of my family and the person was talking, we we're just talking about how um, someone was saying, like a mother was saying to her, her daughter or 
to her son to tell her daughter that, oh, my daughter is not serious enough. She's not taking this marriage thing serious. She's not doing this. And I was just thinking, do you really want the poor girl to rush into something just because they're guilt tripping her and not be and not be happy about it. And these are things we have to think about, right? Mm-hmm. We make all these decisions to please the people we love because of all the sacrifices that they have made for us. I know my yeah. mom has done this for me, my dad has done this for me, or even yeah. this person yeah. or my spouse. And it's just like you will end up resenting them in the long run. Mm-hmm. If you do end up in a marriage whereby you're not happy, yeah. and that's just an example because this is a very, very common one, and it's a big one because I think ending up in a marriage with someone you don't love and being miserable is a very huge consequence to, to pay for people pleasing. You know what I mean? So it's just you knowing what it is you should do and also not um, succumbing to what society thinks as well because sometimes it's not really other people putting pressure on us. It's us putting pressure on ourselves, like you said, trying to come across as a good person or doing the right thing so that I don't become ostracized. And we are, we are social creatures. Human beings are social creatures. But at the same time, is at what point do we realize that the first person who you owe everything and you have a duty and obligation to is yourself? Yeah. So um, how can one also stop being a target for narcissists? Because I know a lot of people pleasers end up in toxic relationships. So how can they stop being, you know, a target for narcissists? Hmm. How do you improve your self-esteem? If you want to stop staying in narcissistic relationships, you need to improve your sense of self-worth, honestly. Because narcissists are people who have a a very low sense of self-worth. They don't, they don't think they are worthy of a lot, which is why they have to prop themselves up so much and bring other people down or use something else to just make themselves a focus and the attention of everything. So if you want to avoid a narcissist, build your self-esteem, build your self-esteem, know what you're worth so that when a person treats you like shit, you know that you don't need to stay there to keep tolerating them. You're not going anywhere to be anybody's savior. You're not going anywhere to be anybody's healer. You're not going anywhere to be anybody's hero. None of that. None of that. You're just going there to love and be loved. And if that love is not healthy for you, you get yourself out of there. So if you want to, if you want to, you know, you know, not be with narcissists, like work on your self-esteem and then even understand what narcissists, narcissism is. I mean, to a certain degree, we all have a certain amount of narcissism in our, in our personalities. And it is absolutely necessary for us to be able to navigate life, you know, our dating life, our conversations with people, even the work that we do, the belief that we can be good or great or there's like a God inside of us is like signs and traits of narcissism. A little bit of it is healthy, but then for some people, it is like a dominant part of their personality. And that affects other things, like other relationships they that they have because too much too much of something is just not good for you so if you want to get rid get rid of narcissists in your life improve your self-esteem learn to be assertive and set your boundaries and don't don't play yourself don't play yourself don't be dishonest with yourself about what you want and what you can handle because when you lie to yourself someone's going to follow you to lie to you as well and you guys be dancing together, lying to each other <laughs> in pain and misery. 
That's true. The misery, like you, you, I always tell people, you can't put a price on peace of mind. Sometimes you have nope. to cut some people off, even people who you like, think um, you're going to benefit from. You know yep. what I mean? So some people can keep some friends around. And that's also using people because, you know, we always think about it like, oh, this person used me. But in some way, shape or form, we are using them too. Like if you're in a toxic yeah. relationship, you know, this person is your right for you. But you're just there because of what you can gain from the person. You also have yeah. to be very honest with yourself. You know what I mean? You're yeah. using each other in different ways. So that like, yeah. oh, you being honest with yourself you doing a lot of soul searching is very very true it is so true yeah. and i think it's, it's what really um sets apart people who live a fulfilled life as opposed to people who just follow the crowd and you can i mean i personally feel like in your life you can be successful sometimes or um let me let me say have money i won't necessarily say successful because i think a lot of success has to do with like fulfillment so you can have money just doing what people tell you to do following the crowd getting a job where you want to get the job, marrying who your parents tell you to marry. But at the same time, that sense of fulfillment is not there. So what really, really, from my own experience, what has made me live like a very worthwhile life is being able to say, no, this is what I want. And I'm going to do what my soul truly desires. And even if I feel doing it, at least I will know that I made myself happy. I stood up for myself. You know what I mean? It's better than trying to to be a success living somebody else's life. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how can you give us an example of how setting healthy boundaries has helped improve your personal life and your personal relationships? Like just maybe a specific situation that people can learn from, a relatable one. I think that one of the most obvious ways that I've seen is the quality of relationships that I have the kinds of friends that I have in my life, it, it, it definitely has improved. And then also there's a certain peace of mind that comes with setting boundaries, honest. It's like, it's like you know what's good for you. It, it, it's like taking care of yourself. Um, one other thing I love so much about it is giving people the opportunity to know that this is the type of person that I am. So, because I love being the honest version of myself. So when I set boundaries and I say, I like that, I don't like that. I like this in this way. I don't like that in that way. When I set those boundaries, I feel like I'm communicating to other people a bit more about this is the type of person that I am. So people are getting to know like the honest version of me and they know that, okay, this is, this is who Amanda is. Then there is also the part about, um, this sort of self-confidence that comes with it and this trusting myself. I think like the, the times when I started setting my boundaries and being more assertive about who I am and not trying to, you know, depend on what other people think about me or how they feel about me or their opinions of me, I felt like a certain peace of mind that came with it where I was more focused on what I think about myself, how I feel about myself, when I go to bed at night, the type of person that I see myself as, that became much more important to me than every other person. And that builds character. So it, it really did change my life, honestly. I, I don't sweat the small stuff. There are things I used to be so bothered about and so worried about and so concerned and overwhelmed with. But now those things don't matter as much. And when, when issues come, I handle them quicker because I can assert myself. So there's a time 
So I'd say it's like set those boundaries. Not all of them will be easy to set, especially the one with parents. I think you get it. There's like a gradual progression before you can get to the point where you can set boundaries firmly with your parents. And with Nigerian parents, as far as I know, it's usually when you're earning a bit of money <laughs> or you have something going for you that they are so proud of and or they feel good about you. But even at that, even at that, so set, even though like just set those boundaries, communicate to the other people in your life, in your relationships, True. in your friendships, even at work. You don't have to be nice to everybody. Not everybody has to like you, and that's okay. And it's okay to also be the bad guy in somebody's story. It's okay. Like, you can't always be the good guy. If you're striving to be the good person in everybody's story, you're going to fail because it's not possible. Because there are people that just wouldn't like you simply because they just don't like you. They don't know where the feeling is coming from because they haven't examined it or whatever. But the thing is that they just don't, they don't be fucking with you. And that's okay. Like, it's okay for some people to not like you because that does not mean that there aren't people who um, like you. There are people who like you for who you are. So stop trying to make people who don't care about you or who don't reciprocate what you're doing um, matter much more than you matter to yourself and it's possible and the thing is like with with being assertive and setting boundaries and stopping people pleasing behavior it's a thing that it only feels really difficult in the beginning but as time goes on the more you practice it the better and the easier it gets and the quicker you are to setting like the boundaries like you never used to waste time if the moment is crossed you let them know that fear that used to hold you back it wouldn't exist anymore but the only way to get to that place is by actually practicing it and doing it in the beginning stages that are difficult. So you've got this. Um, and we've got y'all. So you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Yeah. Be the bad guy in somebody's story sometimes. Like, it's, it's okay to say no. And don't let people make you feel like their lives will end just because you are not doing something that they want you to do. Yeah. And thank you for having me, Pelumi. I'm so happy that we're able to do this. I really appreciate it. I really am as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Imole. Please make sure you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts wherever you stream your episodes. You can also send me emails about today's episode or anything related to mental health and spirituality through fanmail at imolethepod.com. Finally, please subscribe to the Imole newsletter to learn more about our episodes through the link in the episode notes. Thank you and see you on the next episode. This episode was produced by Aisha Salaudin, audio mixed by Lord Phil, and is distributed by Visual Audio Times. For more podcasts, visit visualaudiotimes.com.